0: is away from the Callec
1: Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. Our show is hosted and produced by a bunch of ex riders for real sports back when they actually covered real sports. Much like them, we are by the fans and for the fans. And we like to have some fun while we try to delve into a bit of analysis as well. Before the season starts in 2023, we've assembled a craft team to run our eye over each squad and predict how their season will go for them. And joining me today for our second second... second take at trying to do the Bulldogs, because I embarrassingly did not record the previous attempt appropriately. I have Daniel Friend. Friendy, how are you?
0: I'm well, a bit of overtime today, Bo. I hope that reflects in our paychecks for this podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll
1: charge you less for the production <laughs> of it, I guess, uh, if you want. And, uh, and Chris Waring, you are also joining us for Take Two. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. That's good. Uh, we're recording on Monday the 30th of January, which means that I think both of these guys have been doing modules for their, for their schoolwork. How's that been working out?
0: Yeah, oh, just riveting.
1: Fantastic. Bucking loads of fun fucking awesome stuff. Just like recording an episode for no reason whatsoever, but let's this time it is definitely recording properly, so let's talk about the Bulldogs. They came 12th last year, and they've made some changes, uh, including a huge recruitment drive, which they kind of started the previous year, but in terms of ins for them this season, big ones include Viliyama Kikau, Reed Marnie, Andrew Davy could play a part, Hayes Perham looks like he's going to be a key member of the team, Ryan Sutton as well with Farmanu Brown. They lose Queensland origin legend, Corey Allen, 100% strike rate for him. Uh, They lose Jack Hetherington, Jeremy Marshall King. They've lost their captain, Josh Jackson, who has retired. They've also lost Aaron Shop and Paul Vaughan, among a a few others as well. So what I'm going to do, like the rest of the episodes so far, is I'm going to get Frendy and Chris to rate or not rate each of the things I'm going to talk about, including recruitment. So, friendy, you can go first. Do you rate the Bulldogs' recruitment for 2023?
0: Yeah, I do rate their recruitment. They've got a couple of big names there in Viliami Kikau and Reid Marnie in particular. I love the Kikau signing. Uh, I think he's an absolute weapon. Uh, Marnie is a solid player. I think we mentioned this before, and I, I think they might be regretting that Jeremy Marshall King started playing so well at the end of last year, and they may have been able to spend less in that position without signing Marnie on big money. But he'll come there and it looks like he's part of their leadership group and, and maybe a game day captain with Burton and stuff as well. So, yep, I like their recruitment. Big tick from me. Uh, Yeah, tick. Not,
2: not as big of a tick as Friend, but still a tick. Players like Andrew Davy, I think, is pretty quietly underrated pickup, so as is uh, Ryan Sutton. A lot of the doubts I had about Kick-Out were pretty much answered last year. I think that was... And probably this even halfway through the season before he has been consistent for quite a while now. So um, hopefully that continues for Bulldogs fans for him. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I, obviously, and Reed money. Who a good operator out of nine. Far money. Browns, a pretty good backup number nine that lock as well. So yeah, um, I
1: th- I th- they've done a pretty good job, I think. Yeah, I think so too. They're certainly heading in the right direction, or at least it appears that they are. So let's spread about are forward pack in that more forensic. Depth. We've already talked about Viliana Kikau and how he is a key signing for them. They have guys like Luke Thompson and Ryan Sutton and Max King who will be sort of in the middle of the field. Uh, Raymond Faitala Mariner will probably play on an edge. He's just been anointed as the club off-field captain um, with on-field captains being Burton and Marnie, like you mentioned there, Friendy. So they've got some pretty good forwards there. Also, as you mentioned, Andrew Davy probably on the bench. Uh, with a couple of other blokes as well. So, Chris, do you like the forward pack? Yeah, I do. I
2: I think it's really solid. Uh, Again, I think a lot of it's going to be contingent
1: on the form of
2: um, Juliano Kigel or the consistency, rather. It would be interesting to see the connection it can make with uh, Matt Burton. I mean, on paper, it it should be a really good one. Um, Yeah, I think it's a quietly solid pack. Um, Roman Catala-Mariner, I think, is quite underrated. Really good player. Um, again, I really, I really, I feel like Ryan Sutton's kind of gone under the radar, but as a good signing for them, so uh, I don't think it's an amazing pack, but I, I think
0: it's quite solid. Yeah, I rate it. I think it's good. Um, their depth may be tested at times, but their their starting pack and, and a few of their benches, yeah, I quite like. So, yep, I rate.
1: I'm with you. I like that you mentioned the depth. I, I I'm a bit worried about the depth. If they get a couple of injuries, say a kick out or someone like that, um, I'm a bit worried. Especially the middle forwards too. I didn't mention Tavita Pangai Junior. He probably is either starting prop or like on the bench, and that that could be an absolute weapon to inject if you can get the best out of him. Let's talk about the spine. Now we're looking at the moment. Obviously, Marnie and Burton are on field captains, so they'll be the six and the nine. Kyle Flanagan is probably going to be the halfback as you would probably expect. He's a pretty solid citizen really. And it's, apparently the fullback is going to be Hayes Perham, which means that Jake Avarillo will move either to the centres, the bench or maybe even to reserve grade. Friendly, do you rate the spine?
0: Not just yet. I don't think. Um, Burton, I love as a player. I, I think he's obviously a real leader for that team, but I, I think he should be in the six Jersey for New South Wales this year. Um, Kyle Flanagan, unfortunately, I, I just, yeah, he's just not up to it just yet. For me, he's just like a bowl of boiled white rice. <laughs> he's very plain and he just, I don't know, I, I guess it's it's kind of just there, isn't it? And you, and you eat it, but you need all these other ingredients to make it any good. So, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, he's a bit plain for me. Uh, Reid Marnie, good player, very good defensively, okay attacking. Um, yeah, I, I don't rate it just yet.
2: Uh, Yeah, similar. Um, Matt Burns, a bit massive tick there. Um, You know, you would hope his game is, um, you know, going to go upwards. So he's a massive positive there. Again, uh, Hezbollah, I don't know. Like, it's hard to know what to think, to be honest. Um, Reid Marnie, the forward pass king. Uh, Look, (laughs) he's... I mean, he's he's been in a very good team, but that has also had, uh, you know, quite a good spine around him. So... Um on paper you, you think he should go well, and then yeah, a similar sentiment to Kyle flanagan, i mean he, like he's all like he's just all right it's he's kind of solid all around, but he's kind of the classic jack of all trades kind of build uh, i see him as more of a like a backup half in like a really good team rather mm. than an actual starting half somewhere, so um yeah it'd be interesting to see where his career takes him but on their, their top thirty squad, you, you you would assume that he's going to be the the starting halfback, but the question remains for how long into the future with all their other
1: signings. So uh, I'll give their I'll give their spine a passing mark, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's great. Boiled white, white rice indeed is Kyle <laughs> Flanagan. <laughs> I've, I've completely forgotten about that Reed Marnie right to left pass being a forward pass merchant. Yeah, like I, I think I was the one that spotted that maybe uh, during the maybe. The Cowboys game, particularly where he was, was just getting crucified by forward passes. Be interesting to see if that continues at the Bulldogs. Let's talk about the backline options. They obviously have, you know, maybe the best winger in the world, Josh Adokar. They've got some young centre options like Alamotti, like Kuraz, like uh, like Averillo, assuming that he plays in the centres. Uh, Brayden Burns has also come to the club. So they have a few different options in the back line. Chris, do you like it? Uh, not overly, no. I think this is probably
2: the, the weak point of their team considerably. Um, as we know, Josh A obviously isn't good enough for Origins. So, hmm. But yeah, like he, he's the real one, kind of real bright star there. Jacob Carraz is quite good, but he's still a young star. You've got to kind of account for that. You can't rely on him massively. Um, outside of those two, I, I really don't think there's a great deal of talent. Brayden Burns, I've never really rated at all. Yeah, like Jaden Hockenbarger, less said the better. There, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I think this is the, when you're looking at their their squad from a holistic viewpoint. I think this is the
0: obvious weak point for them. Yeah, I tend to agree with Chris there. I think they've got some decent players there. Uh, Ado Cars the yeah, the standout, and then I, I like Jake Averillo. I thought he was actually doing quite a good job at fullback at the end of last year. But um, they're obviously going to put him back to the centres. So defensively, is that good? Is that bad? How much has he played there recently? Like definitely the hardest spot to defend on the field. So, yeah, they've got a few question marks there and their edge defence tends to leak. So, yeah, I, I don't quite rate their back line just yet.
1: All right, I have a few quite pointed questions about the Bulldogs now and you've sort of uh, like led me to one of them there, Freddy. So I'll go to you first. Hayes Perham has apparently been given first crack at fullback over Jake Avrilla. You said that you thought Avrilla did a good job.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts about this? Do you rate it? Um, I've got to go. I don't rate it because I thought Jake Avrilla. yeah, like I said, was doing quite well. And I thought he was the spark in their attack, which is they, their attack, I think, was the second worst in the competition last year. It's been notably poor for a couple of years now, and I thought Avarillo was their real spark and speed, energy, um, good footwork, a little bit of power as well. Um, yeah, I, I can't really see why they wanted to move him. If if this year's only a stopgap before Stephen Crichton comes and plays fullback anyway, why would you move the guy that was already there? I don't get that. Hayes Perham comes with, or came with a lot of raps, at the Warriors, as a young guy, only played eight or nine games, uh, had a couple of injuries and things like that. So Gus or whoever it was that signed him has obviously seen something and they might get a like a bargain-based fullback there because it's obviously a really highly paid position across the competition. So maybe that'll work for them. I'm not too sure. But, yeah, I find it odd that they've moved Averillo. Yeah, similar. Um, I quite
2: like Jake Averillo back there. Hey, Again, I... If you're looking to be a top four contender, I don't think he's probably your fullback, but something I've theorized and it could be wrong, but maybe I'm assuming that um, to build greater spine structure or, you know, uh, patterns and whatnot, maybe they might think Perra might place more similar to Stephen Crichton than Averillo would, maybe. I mean, unless, but yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, I don't really understand it, but, it's not that I'm not sold on Perron being fullback. It's just, just a big question mark, to be honest. It's just really a wait-and-see thing. But, yeah, I, I think it's slightly surprising.
1: Well, somebody that I skipped over earlier um, was the coach, Cameron Serraldo. So we'll, we'll jump into him very quickly because this is maybe the first big strategic move that he's made is choosing a different fullback. So we've got a brand-new coach. He's come out of the Penrith system. He's very highly rated. Chris, do you rate the idea of Seraldo being the coach of the Bulldogs in the sense that you know Bulldogs getting a fresh start, fresh eyes, a fresh voice? Is, is do you rate that for the Bulldogs?
2: Uh, yeah, I like the the long term deal. they um, are getting highly coveted. It's really hard with their assistant coaches, and you know it's kind of um, assistant coaches when they become junior head coaches. You know, it's, it, it's again it's a wait, it's a wait and see kind of thing to be you know, to truly reflect, to see how he goes. But if you think of what accolades he has, highly regarded out of everyone in that, uh, you know, extremely successful primary system, long-term contract, came in at a really good time in the salary cap, where he's kind of had uh, being able to have that money splurged to his own liking and be, I guess, completely responsible for, or not completely, but uh, wholly responsible for, you know, um, the salary cap. So... Uh, In terms of all the options available, I think it was easily the best one for the Bulldogs to go with.
0: Yeah, definitely the best option, as Chris said. So um, pretty exciting times for the Dogs. Uh, Whether he transitions from, I guess, good reserve grade or good assistant coach to uh, top head coach, I guess we'll see. But he sort of fits the same sort of pattern as um, Robinson, Maguire, guys like that who were mediocre first graders and then they – applied their trade in coaching and um, went overseas and sort of cut their teeth over there and then came back and and made a really good fist of it. So maybe he'll fit that, Bill. Absolutely. And we talked about uh, some assistant coaches and some coaching uh,
1: consultants, uh, essentially, and Josh Jackson has kind of become one of those. He was the captain for a number of years at the Bulldogs, including last year. He has retired. Now, I have some concerns about whether or not they'll be able to fill his shoes as a leader and on, on the field, at least. So as we mentioned, Vitala Mariner is the club captain, kind of off off field type stuff, and then Burton and Marnie are the on field generals. Friendy,
0: do you think, do you, do you rate that way of, of filling that leadership void? I guess so. I, I just would have made Matt Burton captain. That's it. Captain of the club, captain on game day, captain everywhere. He's their best player. Um, he's going to be their leader whether it's with a C next to his name or not. Fatala Mariner, yeah, good player. I didn't see that coming um, at all. Mm. So we must be doing the right things around training that we obviously don't see. I don't know. It's a big hole to fill, but Jackson, I don't think he was playing all that well. Full of effort, but whether he was helping or hindering the side, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I reckon he's got a big fat paycheck to sit on the sideline and say he's retired, that's for sure. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Chris, what do you what do you make of
1: of that? Do you think it would have just been more sensible to just to go with one captain, like Friendy's saying, or do you kind of like the the way that they've tried to plug this hole?
2: Uh, no, I don't like it. Everyone's screwed the Tigers for the five captains thing, and this is slightly less embarrassing than that. But
1: Yeah, I don't I don't
2: really get it. Um, uh, if you haven't been blocked by Gus Gould on Twitter, he, he <laughs> always speaks very highly of um, Raymond Ferdinand Mariner. So I, I, I get it from that party. And I, 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 what I uh, think they're trying to do there is trying to shift, you know, Josh Jackson was very heart and soul of the Bulldogs, was there through all the, you know, the, the shit-ass years when all they had to do was, you know, just tackle and get rolled for 40 every week. So I'm assuming they're trying to mimic his kind of passion with, you know, a typical club guy as captain in Raymond Ferdinand Mariner. Again, he's highly lauded by... I know like Gus could at least, so he's probably had some influence there. And Then they think that uh, Burton and Marnie are probably more, um, you know, thinking about the game while they're playing and stuff. But yeah, in that case, I, I just, why not just make them co-captains or something, but like, I don't know, it's a bit whatever to me. I, I don't think it really matters.
1: I, th- I think I agree with Friendy in the sense that it's, you know, Jackson as a player, heart and soul, but wasn't quite delivering at the level we expect. So, Moving him on uh, makes some sense, uh, but he was a great leader. So it'll be interesting to see. I probably would go on Burton as well. Um, but, you know, as as, as Freddie also said, we're not seeing what Raymond Vitala Mariner offers off the pitch. So I guess time will tell. Time will also tell about where they're going to finish. Boys, I'm going to need a prediction out of you. Either top four, five to eight, nine to 12, or bottom five. I'm not going to ask the question about Kyle Flanagan. Because we all made it pretty clear. We're not super sold on him. Chris, where do you see the Bulldogs finishing this year? In what bracket?
2: Uh, I think the 9 to 12 bracket they'll finish. I think they're very similar to what we did as a prediction for the West Tigers. The forward packs are good, spine is meh, and then the backs are not the best. And there's also some depth issues. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably round up about 9 to 10. Um, Nine, ten, eleven, around there. So I think they're on the the precipice of getting back to the old Bulldogs, but I think they're probably still a season away.
0: Yeah, ninth to twelfth as well, and pretty much for yeah all the reasons Chris just said, and we've we've gone through already. I reckon.
1: Me too, and also the fact that I, I was really keen to put them in the top eight because I could see the improvement, but I just. The depth, like you mentioned, but also who drops out of the top eight? You know, they're all very, very strong teams. The only ones I can probably think of are maybe the Sharks or Cowboys who maybe had flash-in-the-pan seasons, but they also have some pretty good infrastructure there to maintain that success to a relative level. So, yeah, it's hard to see who drops out of the eight to make room for the Bulldogs, maybe the Raiders. So, yeah, I don't know, 9-12 to for me as well. And the last question, boys... Any bold predictions for the season?
0: Friend, you can go first. Uh, I have Josh Adakar top try scorer across the season for the NRL. Beating Alex Johnson? Yes. Wow.
1: So the Matt Burton
0: kick-out? Yeah, I think the addition of kick-out really opens up that left side for anyone outside him. He's a big, uh, I don't know, a big scary thing, and he's going to need a lot of attention from defensive teams. So, um, yeah, I think that opens it up for Adokar out there. Nice.
1: I'd love to see it. Uh, that might get him back into origin, Chris. What do you think? And uh, <laughs> and what's your ball prediction?
2: I reckon Adokar could score zero tries and he'll be back in origin this year. But, <laughs> uh, mine's going to conflate with friends. I think Jacob Carraz will be the Bulldogs'
1: top try scorer for the year. Oh, interesting. I would love to see that too because I'm a big on I'm big on Carraz. I think he could be a really good player. My ball prediction is probably slightly negative. I don't think Kikau is going to be as comfortable as he was at the Panthers, naturally enough. He's surrounded by less great players. So I think he's not going to be in the top five tackle breakers at the Bulldogs. I think it'll be other players. And I think people would expect Kikau to be in the top five tackle breakers. But I don't think he will be. I think he'll be a bit quieter than we expect. But hopefully not for him. Friendy, Chris, boys, thank you very, very much for your time and Thank you to the audience. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please like, subscribe, rate, comment, all that sort of stuff that you can, so you can go above the horizontal next time when we review the seagulls. We'll rather preview the Eagles season in two thousand and twenty-three. Until then, go! above the horizontal is a rugby league podcast by the fans and for the fans. It's produced by our entire team of former writers for Real Sport, including Daniel Friend, Christopher Waring, Miles Stevan, Kieran Gibson, and me, Bo Nicholson. We'd love it if you could support us by telling a rugby league fan about us so they can go above the horizontal as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You know what's tricky sometimes? Picking who is going to win at the Oscars. You have to get yourself to a cinema to see all the movies, or at least have all the possible streaming services to make sure you don't miss a single one. You have to pay attention to all the precursor award shows to see who's winning so far. The Golden Globes, the BAFTAs, they're the pretty obvious ones, but don't forget the Critics' Choice Awards, or the SAGs, or the DGAs, or the PGAs, or the Eddies, or the Gothams, or the AFI Top 10, or the National Board of Review. Ugh. Exhausting, right? Or you can just join me for Academy Watch on the We Made This Podcast Network. I'm the host, Bo Nicholson, and I've been reading the trends, keeping stats, and seeing as many movies as humanly possible, and I can tell you who the big players will be on the big night. Me and a different guest each week will also be dissecting one of the key movies each season, including giving out personal awards and diving into them thematically. Will everything everywhere all at once remain the front runner and win Best Picture, or will a film seize the momentum late in the season to storm home like Coda did last year? Time will tell, but what I do know is that as it happens, you'll hear it on Academy Watch, wherever you get your podcasts.